A good spirit of the Lord is here today. I can sense His presence and I can sense His work in the life of this body here today. I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And also, I'd like for you to turn with me next to the last book of the Bible, Jude, verse 20. In fact, we'll read that verse first. That has been our theme for the last couple of weeks. We are in a series of messages concerning building blocks of the faith. And we've talked about those building blocks. We talked about that in order for a person to grow as a believer, that he is going to have to realize there must come that time of growth and maturity. And of course, we began to realize that the very first thing for any building there must be a firm foundation. And that foundation, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. That when we invite Christ into our life, that that is the foundation and that we take block by block by block and build upon that foundation. We said that one of the first blocks, of course, is the block of baptism. That is allowing yourself to become a witness of what Christ has done in your life personally. And so it's an outward expression of an inward experience. And therefore, we realize that that is one of the very first blocks that any believer should begin to establish in his life. And we understand that the importance of baptism is that it would be scriptural baptism. And that, of course, following the model of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that as he was baptized, he came forth out of the water, giving us the picture of that one coming up out of the water, the picture of resurrection. It's the picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then last week we talked about that there is the second block. And that is, of course, church membership. That we should be a part of the local church. Some people think that because that they are saved, they are part of the universal church. And they don't necessarily need to be a part of the local church. But as I began to look in the scriptures, from the very beginning after the day of Pentecost, there was the local church. And it's so important for a person to be involved and to be a member of that local church and to be able to grow and develop. We looked at the church as realizing that it's not only a hospital for sinners, but it is like a spiritual gymnasium, that here we come and we spiritually exercise our muscles of faith 
And there we began to understand that we grow in the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a third block that I want us to look at today, which I believe is one of the most important blocks of all, and that is the Word of God. So with your Bible, would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's Holy Word? Let's look at Jude 20, where he reminds us that we're in this process of building the faith. He says in verse 20, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Underline that. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Then over in 1 Peter chapter 2. He begins to remind us of that very thing that helps us to build our faith, which is the Word of God. Listen what he says. He says in verse 2, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Pure milk in the Word, he says, that you may grow. So, very, very, very important for us to recognize the importance of the Word of God. And that it's through the Word of God that gives us that nutrients to begin to build our faith in the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for the Word of God. Where would we be? What would we do if it wasn't for the Word of God? Through your word, you have taught us who we are and what we are. Through your word, you have taught us of the importance of having a relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. Through your word, you have taught us that it is that spiritual nutrients that gives us that spiritual faith that we can grow and to build upon. Father, we pray that today that your Holy Spirit may speak to our hearts as we come hungering and thirsting for your righteousness. And we pray, dear Lord, that you'll give us a mind to understand, a heart to receive, and a will to be exercised according to thy will. Bless this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The Bible. So more books than any other book in the world. The Bible. Consists of 66 books. Has about 40 different authors. 
And it's over, been written over a period of about 1,600 years. The Bible is a book that has expressed many different things and in many different ways. You turn to the Word of God and you begin to find there is history. You turn to the Word of God and you find that there is prophecy, poetry. There is science, philosophy, biography. You find all those things. In fact, you go so far to realize that there's not a subject that you can bring up that the Bible does not deal with. And so therefore, the Bible is an important, important part of our life. Now, in the most recent parts of the Bible was written some 2,000 years ago, and yet it's as relevant and reliable as if it was written a few moments ago. It never changes, and it begins to deal with us where we're at and what we're doing and how we're responding to the circumstances of life. That's why it's so important that you realize the importance of the Word of God. Sir Isaac Newton, often called the father of modern science, even in his mind, he said this, there are more sure marks of authenticity in the Bible than in any profane history. And so true. What makes the Bible so relevant? What makes the Bible, the Word of God, so relevant? Simply because it is God's Word. And God is speaking to mankind through His precious Holy Word. So it's not an ordinary book. It's a unique book. It's a book without error. It is a book that is true and faithful from the very beginning to the very end. Well, I even believe the maps are true in the Word of God. I... I have such a strong reverence of the Word of God. That's one of the reasons why when we stand and we speak and as we read the Word of God, we stand in respect. We stand in respect of the Word that God has in store for us today. So one of the most essential building blocks in your life and in the life of any believer is the Word of God. That's why Peter declared there in Second Peter, I mean First Peter chapter two, verse two, as newborn babes. Now you think about that. When a precious little baby is born, one of the most important things for that baby is that it gets that pure milk. And that that nourishment, that it needs to begin to grow. And so what Peter does, he uses that as an example of the importance of a newborn babe in Christ. That as that newborn babe in Christ, as he is born, 
desires the sincere milk of the word that they may be able to grow thereby, the scriptures are saying. So it's a very vital part, a very vital part. And my friend, I cannot tell you enough, and I cannot say it enough, of how important the word of God is in your life today. Now, I want us to think about that for a few moments. And I just want us to look at the Bible and begin to realize some important truth of what and how it is so important to you and I today. Three things I share with you today. First of all, I want you to notice a life that is directed by the Bible. A life that is directed by the Bible. Someone once said this, and I thought, man, I wish I could have come up with something like this. A Christian should get in the Bible, and the Bible should get into the Christian. And that is so true. A Christian should get in the Word and allow the Word to get into them. Uh, The Christian is to live his life or her life under the sole authority of the Word of God. See, the Bible is like a regulator. It regulates that Christian life. It begins to give guidance. It gives direction. It gives a compass in the direction that you should move and the way that you should go. The Bible is the law of heaven in the life here on earth. You remember what Jesus said one time? He said, thy will be done as it is in heaven as on earth. How is that to take place? How is the will of God to take place in my life here on earth as it would be in heaven? It's by the precious word, the word of God that teaches me and directs me and shows me. See, the word of God, It shows me what pleases God, and it shows me what displeases God. So, oh, friend, as I think about the Word of God, I think about the importance of the Bible. Two things comes to my mind. First of all, I see of how the Bible is to govern our life. The Bible is to govern our life. I can't help but to be reminded of Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Listen to these words. And I want you to be very careful as we read these words. Because it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. And then he goes on in verse 16, and he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. 
Think about that. He says in verse 15, that the peace of God. Now, we understand that when we come to know Christ as our Savior, that we have made peace with God. There is such a thing of having peace with God, but there is also such a thing as having the peace of God. The peace of God comes through the very presence of the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, we as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts today. And as He lives in my heart, guess what? One of the very things that he does, he becomes my teacher. He becomes my instructor, my professor. And what is his textbook? Which is the Word of God. And that's what he says there in verse 16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you. And so, oh, how blessed I am to know that my life is to be directed by the Word of God. And it can only be done by the Holy Spirit who lives within me and also by the Word of Christ that shares with me His will for my life. I find it interesting. You'll see that little word rule in verse 15 where he says there in verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The word rule literally means to act as an umpire. You know what an umpire is. If you're familiar with a baseball game, you realize that it's almost impossible to have a proper game without someone officiating that game. And he is called an umpire. An umpire called strikes outs, safe. And so, therefore, he is one that officiates. And did you realize that's exactly what the Holy Spirit and the Word of God does in your life? The rule book of life is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is like an umpire. And there he takes the Word and he calls what's out and what is fair. And so when I think about that, it makes my Christian life to become an enjoyable life because I don't have to wonder. I don't have to wonder until the point of not knowing what to do because the Word of God gives me direction. The Word of God shows me exactly what the Lord wants in my life. So, with the Word of God in my hand and the Spirit of God in my heart, how can I help not but to live a victorious Christian life? Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, you cannot have an abundant life, my friend, without the Spirit of God and the Word of God. With those two things as how it begins to help regulate our life and direct our life and show us exactly what's going on. Now, friend, you 
would not want to go to the game of life and start arguing with the umpire, would you? You wouldn't want to throw dirt on his feet, would you? Because they are in authority. And they know what's right, and they know what is wrong. But in verse 16, there's another word that I'm interested in. The Bible says there in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell. See that word dwell? That's an interesting word. Dwell in our heart. Let the word of Christ dwell. In other words, I'm not to be hearers only, but as James says, I am to be doers of the word. How am I to be a doer of the word? It's to allow the word of God to dwell within my heart and to guide me, and to direct me, and to give me the confidence that I need in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the word dwell does not mean that he is a, just a guest in my life. A guest is someone that is visiting. A guest is someone that you wouldn't turn everything over to them in your household, there would be certain things that is off limits. If I was the guest of your house, you would not expect me to come into your home and go through your uh, closets and go through your files and go through all your private papers. Why? Because I'm a guest. But it's a different story if someone dwells within that house. One that dwells is a one that who has made himself at home. The one that is in authority. He would be sort of like the head of the house. And so that's exactly what the writer of Colossians is saying. Let the word of Christ dwell. Let him live. Let him guide. Let him be an authority of your house. And so as I go through life, I have someone in my life which is the Holy Spirit. I have the Word of Christ. I have the Word of God. And therefore, I have access to one that is an authority. Now, how encouraging that is, my friend, as when temptation comes or as when... I find myself in despair to know that I'm not out there on that road of life all by myself, but that I have the Spirit of God and the Word of God as a compass and as one that is directing me day by day by day. So, the Bible is to have access of my heart every day of my life. Secondly, not only do I recognize that the Bible is to govern our lives, but the Bible is to guide or to guard our lives. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 119 verse 11. Oh, the writer of Psalms understood exactly the importance of the Word of God. When he said, thy word have I what? Hid. 
a word that I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word hid literally means there I have it hidden to protect. The word of God in my life is to protect me. It is to protect God's valuable possession. And therefore, I take the word of God and I hide it. I protect it. And therefore, when there come a time of need, I'm able to pull out that word and find strength. I love what D.L. Moody said many, many, many years ago, which is so true. And you might want to write this down in your Bible. A lot of times, in all my grandchildren's Bible, when we give them a Bible, I would write this little saying down. And that is, the Bible will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this Bible. And that is so true. That is so true, is that the Bible will keep you from sin. Our sin will keep you from the Word of God. The Word of God governs our life. It guards our life. And as we command the commands of the Bible, it will keep us from the sin that we may be tempted to. Oh, my friend, I'm reminded of what Jesus did there right after his baptism. The Bible says he goes out into the desert. And there, the Son of God, one that had left the glories of heaven, sinless. But now I remind you, he is fully God, but as yet, he's fully man. The Bible says he's tempted in all manner as we are. And there, three different times, Three different times Satan came and began to launch those fiery darts of temptation against the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus do in response to that? He took the word of God and he threw those words back and allowed those words to protect him from yielding to the temptation of Satan. Now, if it was important for Christ to use the word of, Christ, word of God, how much more important it is for you and I that we take the word of God and as temptation comes, it guards us, it protects us, it defeats the enemy. Oh, friend, I want you to understand, I agree with what Author Pink said, he says, God has given us his word that under his guidance, we may regulate our beliefs, renovate our hearts, and reform our life, our lives. And that is so true. I also agree with John Ruskin when he said, make it the first morning business in your life to understand some part of the Bible clearly and make it your daily business to obey it in all that you do understand. 
Do you understand what he's trying to say? He is saying that you just don't take the word of God lightly. You just don't read a passage of scripture and just rush over it and forget about it. But that you take a passage of scripture and that you study over that passage of scripture. You meditate upon that passage of scripture. You even memorize that passage of scripture. And the truths and the nuggets of gold coming forth out of that passage of Scripture, the Holy Spirit will take and will bless your life and will mature you in the likeness of Christ. There's no other way, my friend, to begin to be mature and no other way to become like the Lord Jesus Christ without the Word of God. So therefore, we need to recognize the importance of it. Henry Ward Beecher, he said this about the Bible. He said the Bible was God's chart for you to steer by, to keep you from the bottom of the sea, and to show you where the harbor is, and how to reach it without running on rocks and bars. That is so true. Friend, you think about life. There's a treacherous sea out there. And there are hidden rocks. There are hidden rocks that will wreck your life and ruin your life if you're not being guided through the harbor of life by the word of God. George Barna said something which I think he was probably being very optimistic when he said this. He says one out of five adults, 20% claim that the Bible is the dominant influence of their decision. 20% of all the people saying that I have recognized that the Bible is a dominant influence. What a tragedy. It's not more than that. But secondly, we've talked about a little bit a life that is directed by the Bible. But what about a love that is developed for the Bible? Oh, how I love the precious Word of God. Did you not realize it's God's love letter to you? I remember many, many years ago when Brenda and I were dating. She moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I lived in Ball, North Carolina. She moved to go to college. And I remember... On numbers of occasions, I'd get a love letter from her. And you know what I would do? I didn't take that letter and just read over it haphazardly. But I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it. And I kept it close. Because it reminded me how much I was in love with this young lady. And how much she was in love with me. That's a pale comparison 
to the love letter that God has given to you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Can you imagine that not being in the word of God? Can you imagine for God not to express his love to us? But all he has, he's done it through his word. He's done it through the Bible. Listen to what Psalms 119 verse 97 says. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how I love the law. And then in Psalms 119 verse 27. Listen to this. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold. Yea, above fine gold. In other words, the writer will say that I love your word and that is far above material possessions. I love your word. See, it's important for a believer not only letting the Bible to direct your life, but falling in love with the word of God. You should never look at reading your Bible as a chore, but as an opportunity. A lot of people say, well, i got to spend next few minutes reading the Word of God. Oh, friend, every morning you should be able to get up with excitement and joy in your heart that you are able to read the word, the love letter of God. The only way, as I've said before, the only way for you to develop is allowing the word of God to be in your life and develop a love for the love or the love for the word of God. See, it, first of all, should be a daily part of your life. Once again, George Barna said that he found that 12% of all American adults read the Bible every day of the week. 12%. While 52% do not read it at all. And then he goes on to say another 33% read the scriptures at least once during a typical week. And that is many times only in church. I'm interested in about the evangelicals. He says that one in four, 26% evangelicals read the Bible daily. One in four. 50% read it weekly or more, 22% of evangelicals report that they never, ever, ever read the Bible. 
that's hard for me to comprehend. That you never ever read the Bible. Friend, I want you to understand, you're missing something of great importance of your life if you're not reading the Word of God. I like what Joshua said. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. You want to be successful in life? You want to be successful in your spiritual walk with the Lord? You want to have victory of Christ in your life? He says in Joshua 1a, he says, Meditate day in and day out and observe to do according to all that is written in it. Joshua was saying, he is saying success depends upon that daily, daily walk in the Word of God. J.A. Carson, in his book called The Body, He said this, and I quote, Birds can go nine days without food. Most dogs can go 20 days without food. Turtles can go 500 days without food. It would almost seem that some Christians think that they are spiritual birds and spiritual dogs, and spiritual turtles, in the, because of the absence of the Word of God in their life. One of my heroes, George Mueller. George Mueller was a man of faith. He was a man that God used in a remarkable, remarkable way. It seemed that because of his faith, God demonstrated miracle after miracle after miracle in his life. In one of his journals, he wrote these words. He says, I look upon it as a lost day when I have not had a good time over the word of God. For more than half a century, I have never known one day when I had not more business than I could get through. For four years, I have had annually about 30,000 letters, and most have passed through my own hands. Then, as a pastor of a church with 1,200 believers, great has been the care. Besides, I have had charge of five immense orphanages, also at my publishing depot. 
the printing and circulating of millions of tracts and books and Bibles. But I have always made it a rule never to begin work until I have had a good season with God and His Word. Boy, how true that is. I have learned, no matter how busy I am, that, friend, to have a good season is to spend time in the Word of God and in prayer. You say, Pastor, I just don't have time. You just don't know my schedule. Well, friend, you're too busy. If you don't have time to allow the Word of God to become such a daily portion of your life. But secondly, a love that is developed for the Bible, but a daily pleasure in your life. Reading and studying the Bible should be not a duty, but it should be a delight. It should be more than something that we make ourselves to do, but it's something that I want to do. It's a desire. It's a hunger. It's a thirst. The psalmist said in Psalms 119 verse 47, and I will, listen to this, and I will, what? Delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. I will delight in the commandments which I have loved. There's something about it. I, I, I can't explain it. But to get along at your, bar, at your breakfast table or in your office or in your bedroom or there on the couch or the seat of your living room, there's just something about taking the Word of God and began to survey it and to see over and over and over and over again of how it has one thing, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that theme is brought to you in so many different ways. And that I began to learn more and more and more about the Lord. So therefore, we've looked at two different aspects about the Bible. A life that is directed by the Bible. A love that is developed for the Bible. And then thirdly, a Lord that is declared in the Bible. What would you know today about the Lord Jesus Christ if there was no Bible. Everything that I have learned, everything that I have been exposed to down through my years about the Lord Jesus Christ, the context has always come from the Word of God. And it begins to remind me of blessed, wonderful Savior. Oh, as we were singing today, holy, holy, 
holy. How did you know he was holy? The word of God told us he was holy. The mighty God. The God of all creation. Oh, my friend. When I began to look at the Lord, I began to realize that it's through the word of God it brought me to a clear understanding who the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible informs me of Jesus. I remember, as I have shared with you so many times about my salvation, the testimony. And, and you know what? When my Sunday school teacher and my mother began to share with me about the Christ they didn't share with me a, about a book report. They didn't share with me about some book of nonfiction. But they took the Bible. And they opened the Bible. And they read the Bible. Over and over again, it pointed me, it pointed me to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I began to recognize him and began to understand him as best as I possibly could as a 12-year-old, it informed me that the Christ, the Son of the living God, who now sits upon the right hand of the Father, came into this world, took upon himself the garb of mankind, walked upon the sandy shores of Galilee, healed the sick, raised the dead, Miracle after miracle after miracle. And you know what it did? When it informed me, it brought faith in my heart. In my heart, the Holy Spirit took that and said, if Christ can do that and perform miracles in people's lives 2,000 years ago, he can perform a miracle in your life today. And that's what he did. And my friend, he's able to fulfill that miracle week after week after week after week. But if you take Christ out of the Bible, what would you have? Dr. Haddleman said, take Christ out of the Bible and it is a heart without a player, a song without a singer, a palace without, with all doors locked and all windows removed. Oh, why I love the Word of God is because it informs me. It informs me of the Lord Jesus Christ. It introduces me to the Lord Jesus Christ. The whole purpose of the Bible that you have today is to bring you into a relationship 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was established at salvation. It is brought through that blessed, blessed work of the Holy Spirit as we began to develop and to grow and to know I have that relationship with Jesus today. No matter what the hour, no matter what the day may bring to me, the Bible reminds me, Jesus will never leave me or forsake me. The Bible reminds me, I'll stick closer to you than the world, than a brother. I want to challenge you today. I don't know how fervent you are in studying the Word. But I cannot imagine going through a week without taking this Word, studying it and learning and growing and developing by it. I've been a Christian ever since I was 12 years old. And guess what? It gets sweeter and sweeter as the day goes by. Amen.